whether you are fit, were fit, or getting fit, it's time for Too Fit. Welcome to the Too Fit Podcast, wellness for normal people, with your hosts, Brandon Walker and Sarah Hollyhead. Thank you, Jim. You are correct, sir. This is the Too Fit Podcast. I'm Brandon Walker. And I'm Sarah Hollyhead. And we're glad to be here. It's an awesome night here in lovely and almost bearable Dallas, Texas. Uh, in case you didn't know, that's where we're broadcasting from. Uh, Sarah, I wanted to thank you for something on, in public. Oh, okay. I wanted to thank you for making me work out today. Because I didn't want to. I was, ser- I was sitting on the couch. It was a lovely Sunday afternoon. Rainy. Rainy. And I didn't want to do anything. And I could say that it was because of you that I went to the gym today. We went together. So this, this illustrates a point for our audience. Uh, a few weeks ago, we brought up the point that in order to be fit, you need to get a partner. That, that's one of the best ways to keep consistency and accountability in your life when it comes to your fitness uh, regimen. And that's to get somebody else to help make you do it or to help do it with you. And... So we had a good workout tonight and, and yesterday. Well, yesterday I was the one that was dragging, but to put it mildly. That's because you <laughs> had already done a workout. Sarah does two workouts a day usually. Sometimes. And I, and I, just, I just do one. She does cardio in the morning and then she does weights and stuff with me. Yesterday we did what is known as the Spartacus workout, which is really hard. If you're interested, send us an email. By the way, send us an email anyway, since nobody did what we asked you to. And I realized that it was because I didn't say pause last week. I said, <laughs> when I say pause, hit pause on your player. Send us an email at twofit at fitwithb.com. And I never said pause. So I'm going to say it right now. Okay, so maybe ready? everyone was waiting for it and you never... I'm going to say it now. When I say pause, I want you to stop your player or your browser or whatever. And just send us an email. Say hi. Tell us you're listening. Give us some, uh, not, doesn't have to be good commentary, although we like good comments, just constructive criticism of some kind, or just say hello. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. But how are they going to know when to turn it back on? After, after you hit send, then you just turn it right back on. So here, I'm going gonna, gonna to give you the cue for the pause, and then you hit play again after you send the email in that order, and you'll be back. Okay, so here we go. Three, two, one, pause. Okay, welcome back to the Two Fit Podcast. Thank you for sending that email. Thanks for those comments. <laughs> and thank you for those awesome comments. Um, all right, so last week we started what is something of a, a controversial topic, and that is childhood obesity. And so we're going to continue this week. Last week we, we basically covered the problem. What, what is the problem of childhood obesity? What are the consequences in the short term and the consequences in the long term? This week we're going to cover both diet and exercise, and, and essentially we're just going to give you as parents some tips, some things that you can do, some practical stuff that you can do to help your child eat uh, more healthy food and, and to eat food that has more nutritional value than what maybe they currently do, and then also some tips to help get your kid off the couch and get them exercising. But a brief anecdote, if you will. So I was somewhere last week. I don't even know where. I think I was in Kansas or possibly Missouri. I think it was Missouri. Okay. I was in Missouri and I was in a town population less than 1500 people. So it was a very small town. And when you're in a town like this, you don't have a lot of choices as to where you can go grab lunch. I was only there for the afternoon. So it wasn't, I wasn't staying there. So I couldn't go and buy anything from the grocery store. It wouldn't have been practical. 
So the only two restaurants available, well, there was three. There was McDonald's, which I would avoid unless it was no other option. And then there was a restaurant that was also an auto body shop. So it was a family-owned auto body shop slash restaurant, which is a scary thought in and of itself. And then the third option was Pizza Hut. And I figured, okay, Pizza Hut has a buffet and they probably have a salad bar. So I'm going to go there. And then I could at least have something healthy. So I went in. Sat down, got everything uh, you know ready to go as you do in a buffet. Went up to the salad bar. Little kid, probably five years old, comes up to the salad bar, and I'm thinking there's hope for the future. <laughs> Even in a town like this, in the middle of nowhere, this kid is going to come up here. He's going to get a salad to go with his pizza, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, that didn't happen. What did happen was the kid picked up a spoon and went over to the container that was holding the crushed up vanilla wafers and proceeded to spoon four or five, maybe six spoonfuls of vanilla wafers onto his plate next to his pizza. And my heart sank. So basically pizza with vanilla wafers. So we got the, carbs the and launch more of champions. carbs. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the point is that we kind of made a point last week about this is not going to childhood obesity is an issue that is a parent problem. Your kids aren't just going to develop unhealthy habits on their own they they're they're going to watch you they're going to do what you do and they're going to do what you teach them to do um and if that mom had come over and said look little timmy here's how you do this uh you're going to eat some salad you're going to get a couple tomatoes with it and then i'm going to give you two cookies if you eat the salad and the pizza then you get the two cookies you know that's a reasonable way to do it then the kid you know it's not like the kid is deprived of his vanilla wafers they're not called vanilla. They're, they're Nilla wafers, right? Yeah. But they are, are they vanilla? Never mind. It, that doesn't matter. <laughs> we digress. But the point is, it's about parents. Now, you, you look like you were going to say something there, sir. No. Was I stopping you? Let's talk about uh, eating at home. Or just, just because here's what it, what it boils down to. Parents, if you take your kids to McDonald's every day, there is statistically, there is no way that they're going to be healthy. It's just not possible unless somehow they're eating a salad every day, which we know they're not. If you're taking your kids to McDonald's every day, they're eating chicken nuggets, they're eating fries, they're eating. Even if they're getting the apple slices right. instead of fries, it's, I mean, they still. Go watch the movie. If you've never the main seen. The meal is still not healthy. If you've never seen the movie Super Size Me, go watch that movie. It'll change the way you think about fast food and McDonald's and that sort of thing. So I, I don't really think that's the issue. I think more of the issue is when you're at home, what, what kind of habits are, are being developed when it comes to your, the eating habits? So we're going to throw out some tips here. And Sarah hasn't seen this list, so I'm just going to throw out some tips and we'll just kind of hit them one by one. These are all tips that are, by the way, in my Off the Couch program, which I mentioned last week. It's a one-hour seminar that I do for parents of children about how to keep your kids healthy when it comes to uh, diet and exercise. So first tip, eat together. This is huge to me. What I mean, because kids are kids, and what's going to happen if you leave little Timmy at home by himself to to make dinner? What are they going to do? They're going to raid spaghettios. <laughs> yeah, they're going to eat whatever they could get their hands on. And I understand, you know. Again, I'm going to refer back to the fact that my mom was not a stay at home mom. She was working all the time, and yet somehow she found a way to get us to eat together most of the time. Um, eating together provides accountability. For the kids and it provides modeling so if mom and dad are sitting there eating a salad with their dinner 
they're they're demonstrating what that means to the to the kids. They're able to see that. And it's good for everybody. I mean, you get good quality time with the family. Talk about what's going on. You know, have good memories. <laughs> I mean, I think all around, it's it's a good, a positive thing. Absolutely. I mean, you're 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 developing the the family dynamic and. Understand that I'm not saying that every family has to be the perfect little, you know, little house on the prairie, leave it to beaver type of situation. Uh, but make make the best with what you can. I mean, if you've got if you don't you have limited time with your kids, take advantage of the time when you could be making a meal with them or having a meal at the table with them. Um, the second second one would be to turn off the TV during meals. This is the hardest thing and the one that I get a lot of pushback from, why would you think it would be a good idea to turn off the TV during a uh, family meals? Sarah, what do you think? Well, kind of like we said, just in the last tip, you have time to connect and really see what, what everybody's eating and enjoy your meal. Also, I know I've heard that it's kind of this mindless eating that you do when you're in front of the TV. I mean, that's tips, not just for kids, but for adults trying to watch their their weight or get healthier habits is don't because then you're focusing on the TV and you don't realize how much you're eating or what you're really eating or do you really enjoy what you're eating? I mean, if you're going to take in the calories, you might as well enjoy what, what you're eating and really you know, be there instead of focused on something else. How about the fact that while you're watching TV, what are you most likely seeing on, on TV? A commercial, for right? Your- for commercials, for what? They, they, this is a strategy. I mean, it's not. It's right. no. It's Which, nothing rocket science here. I mean, companies know that they're going to put on the the commercials for ice cream and candy and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff right there, and when everybody's sitting there watching the TV, um, or for McDonald's or for whatever, because the idea is to encourage you to want those products. If you're hungry, then you're going to associate with them. Um, so, in in a, in a sense, it makes you hungrier, doesn't it? I mean. How many times have you and I been watching TV and all of a sudden... Food Network, though, Food is Network, we're watching that and we're just like, we're sitting there eating something that's not nearly as good as what's on the TV and we're like, wow, can we make that? Can we, <laughs> can we find a way to get that? Um, so yeah, turn off, turning off the TVs during meals is great. This one may be the most important one of all, and that's involve the children in shopping, meal planning, and preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh Kind of like what we, what we just talked about the, as far as the TV, this is a multifaceted idea. The idea is that children, if they feel that they're invested in the project of, of cooking, then they'll be more interested in it. And again, it's this kind of thing, if mommy and daddy are doing it, or mommy or daddy or whatever, uh, then it's something that the kids will think is cool, right? And, and especially if they get to be involved in it where, you know, you take your, your kid to the grocery store with you and explain to them the difference between uh, a sugar cereal that's, you know, 90% sugar and not good for you versus a, a cereal that may taste just as good, but has less sugar and give them an opportunity to understand what that means. And then remind them when it's time for breakfast, hey, hey, look, remember we got this cereal? Why did we get this? Well, because it's healthier. What does that mean? And use it as an educational opportunity. Um, I was reading some tips, too, about, you know, when you take your kids shopping, grocery shopping with you, too, like when you're in the produce area, to let them pick certain things or try something new. And, okay, we can pick one new fruit or one new vegetable and try to make a meal around that whatever they pick. So that way they're kind of 
have the the direction or they have a little they feel like they have a, a big part in what you're making so I think that's you know it gives them gets them involved like you say how about having healthy snacks available in the first place and, and you know what this applies to me today everyone, I mean, yes, it applies I to everyone. <laughs> when I'm hanging around here Sarah you know Sarah put out a bowl of grapes the other day and I didn't eat all of them but I ate a lot of them like every time I'd go by the counter I would take a few of them and I was traveling so I didn't get to but they're there and they're available and you know if she had left some starburst down on the counter a bowl of starburst guess what I would have been eating every time I walked by the counter you know starburst so and even I've heard too uh, that even if so if you put the candy out there even if you don't eat it at the time and you walk by and you see it and in your mind you know it's there and so this whole time you're thinking about oh I'd really liked it but having to resist and so it's it's very difficult to so I think it's best just to not have it in the house because right. if you know it's there, you're, it's taking willpower to to resist it, and then you know. So it's I think everybody's got that. Yeah. Keep keep it available. Keep fruit and vegetables available. Uh, Cut up vegetables and have them in the fridge. That way you can exactly just make grab. it as easy as possible. Yeah. So you know if you've got teenage kids and they w- throw up in the refrigerator. They're going to get what eat whatever's easiest to get a hold of quickest. And if you've got a bowl of carrots there or something like that, assuming that, you know, you've kind of raised them in the way of understanding that vegetables are good, uh, which is a whole different subject, but make it, make it easier, more readily available to them. They'll, they'll go for it. Whereas, uh, you know, the salty, extra salty foods, extra sugary foods, those kind of things, those are the things that tend to be eaten first because they're most easily available and they're sitting out there. But if you take the time to put out some fruit on the counter, that kind of thing, um, it makes them more apt to, to try it. So how about, uh, controlling portions? I know a lot of families, they just kind of put everything out on the stove and say, Hey, go get whatever, you know, whatever you want. Portion control is huge. That's, that's a big thing because, um, most of the time kids are going to get the highest proportion of the wrong thing. In other words, uh, if you've got some vegetables, you've got some potato, mashed potatoes, a steak, and you know, something, they're going to get a pile of mashed potatoes and they're going to get a little piece of meat. You know what I mean? Like it's, you have to, uh, number one, teach them about, uh, about portion control, but then also maybe do it for them eventually. Initially. I know it's an exciting idea the day that your kid can actually get up and go and get his own stuff or her own stuff. Uh, as far as their food, but teach them about portion control. Teach them like tonight you're going to have, you know, you're not going to have 10 scoops of potatoes. You're going to have one or two, and then you can have more of this uh, that find the healthier portion and let them have more of that. Mm -hmm. Limiting the choices. This is a pretty good one too. A lot of parents, they'll come in and then, and they'll just say, Hey, what do you guys want for dinner? And again, if you leave it up to the kid, they're going to pick the wrong thing. They're going to pick the thing that tastes best, but is the least healthy. So limit the choices. Uh, Sarah and I were talking about this the other day. I said, why not limit it to three choices? Say, okay, tonight we're having chicken, steak, or uh, you know, grilled hamburgers or something. She's like, why don't just give them one choice? <laughs> I was like, I don't remember getting a whole lot of choices. I yeah. mean, I'm on maybe two choices: stuffed bell pepper or spaghetti. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there are two options, but I don't really remember having and. 
you know, it wasn't usually, I don't think it was my decision. <laughs> it right. was usually where, where you're eating what we're having. And I was fine with that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, if you have kids that are, that are having difficulty with, with eating, whether it's too much or too little, or uh, you may want to seek some, some type of help. It, it, there's no shame in talking to a counselor, a food counselor these days. I mean, this, a lot of people do that um, because you, kids can develop eating disorders very easily. And part of that becomes, uh, comes from the association they have with food. Uh, their parents might have used it as a punishment mm-hmm. or a reward. Um, and I think it's a good idea to use neither, to, to not use food as a punishment or a reward for your kids. Think of something else to reward them with instead of going, okay, if you're good today, you get a candy bar. Because they're, they're gonna associ- that association is going to be, every time I do something good, I need to have a reward that's sugar. Or right. I need to have a reward that's fattening. And it's a, it's a, a bad habit to pick up. Uh, likewise. Well, I think you associate it with a positive, you know, okay, I've done something good, so now I get candy. Right. And, and th- so when you get older, it's kind of like, well, I've done something good. How do I reward myself? Okay, exactly. You know, maybe still some kind of candy or cake or something like that. I right. mean, that's, I mean, how many people that, that we know and we joke about this. We joked about this tonight because we were, we went and worked out and we were driving down the road and what did we see? Taco. What, what was it? It was the XXL Chalupa or something. Yeah. We saw it at <laughs> some taco place and, and Sarah was like, yeah, we could eat that. And that would just completely negate our whole workout. Yeah. But some people would go, I'm going to reward myself with, half a gallon of ice cream after mm-hmm. my workout and you just completely ruined it. Um, so alter e- eating habits gradually. Don't do radical changes. They don't work with kids. Kids need to adapt over time. And I know this is a lot to get into. Uh, and even in two weeks, we don't have time to go through all this, but if you got any questions about this, feel free to email me, um, to fit at fitwithb.com or Sarah S A R A at, uh, fitwithb.com. And we can, uh, if we don't have the answers, we'll get them for you when it comes to this. But let's move into the physical fitness side of things because I think this is just as important, and that's the idea of getting your kids off the couch. Um, here's, some, here's some simple ideas. We're just going to throw these out for the, for the sake of time. We're not going to go into all of them, but limit their screen time. Just give them a limit. Uh, kids watch three hours of TV every night. They don't need to be in front of the TV that much. It's... Well, we could get into a whole debate about whether TV is healthy or at all in most cases. But I would say no. You, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, get them out in front of the from in front of the computer. Turn off the TV. Get them doing something physical. Um, encourage group sports. This is a great one. I know. My mother had me in sports from fourth grade. You know, I did baseball and soccer and everything from actually before fourth grade. I think it was in kindergarten that I played soccer. Uh, I didn't like it. I didn't like soccer. So she said, okay, well, what, what do you, what, what else do you want to try? Okay. Maybe baseball tried baseball. Didn't really like that. Uh, eventually tried football, like football, like track, got into some other sports. So it wasn't just put them in one sport and then give up if they don't like it, mm-hmm. find something else. There's a million things that you can get your kids to do outside as far as group sports go. Uh, teach them games that, you know, teach them stuff like how to throw a football, uh, teach them how to play hide and seek, how to play hopscotch, these games that kids don't even know these days. They have no idea what a jump rope is. Like they don't understand the concept. Um, How about non-athletic outdoor activities? Things like gardening. Gardening is the best. Here's why, why, why would I say this? Why is gardening the best? 
Well, then you have, I mean, not only do you get to spend time outdoors, you're still moving around a little bit, but also you get to see, I mean, what your garden, I mean, the healthy food that you get from your garden. Absolutely. Bring it back around. Now that yeah. the, the kids get to help actually make the food. Wow. This is, this is a thing that kids have no idea about these <laughs> days. Uh, they get to pick it, they get to eat it, and it's a whole process, and you're doing it with your kids. Uh, my sister and her husband do this with their daughter, and she's only two, but she loves it. She loves to go to the garden, she loves to pick the stuff, and she'll just start eating it right there. She'll eat beans and you know whatever they pick. She loves it, and it's a great habit. It's outdoors, it's an activity. Um, how about establishing routines? That one's a little bit complicated, but just the idea of... Uh, you know, establish this is the time we eat. This is the time we go outside. This is the time we watch TV uh, instead of just kind of letting it be a free for all. Because again, kids are going to default to the most fun thing, the most easy path that they can take. And it's not going to be the healthy choice. Um, I think structure like that is good for a lot of people. I mean, even grownups, because it's good to have the time. That way you can kind of allot the time that you need for certain things. And a lot some time for, hey, we're just going to sit in front of the TV for 30 minutes and watch a show. Whatever show we pick, that's going to be the one. And, and then kind of have that time and enjoy that time. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just don't, like you say, don't let that become the three hours. Sure. And uh, lastly, how about giving activity gifts? When you give your, your kids gifts for Christmas or for their birthday or for Hanukkah or whatever it is you give them gifts for, make them the type of gift that requires that they do something with it. Again, football is a classic example, but even these days, how about if you're going to buy them a video game, buy them a game that involves exercise. One of the Wii, Wii Fit games or one of the Xbox Connect games where they are physically doing something while they're playing rather than a game where they're just sitting down with a controller. Um, you know, give them, give them stuff that make, let, lets them go outside, you know, dads teach your kid how to build a model rocket i mean or a rc plane or something like that that gets you moving can't get them some camping gear and take them uh you know get them a fishing rod and take them fishing i mean those aren't terribly strenuous activities but they can be the idea is just to get get them outside and parents i know that this is hard uh you know you come home at the end of the day you're tired all you want to do is sit on the couch but kids are going to model what they see and if the only image your kids have of you is you sitting on the couch what do you think they're going to do they're going to sit on the couch as well. So none of this stuff that we've talked about in the last two weeks matters unless you as parents model it yourselves. Um, and we're not trying to be downers here. We, uh, both Sarah and I believe in kids. We believe in you. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't think there was hope. But the fact of the matter is one out of three kids is, is overweight and 17% of kids are obese. This is a huge tragedy. This is an issue that's going to affect the, rest of the, the next generation. Uh, and we mentioned the quote last week that this may be the first generation where kids don't outlive their parents uh, because they're not healthy. They're overweight, they're obese, and they're, they're getting diseases that they shouldn't be getting until their 40s, and they're getting as children and teenagers. So again, uh, I feel like I'm, I've, I've kind of been scolding everybody I really I don't, I don't want you as a listener and, and members of the audience to think that we really are trying to be encouraging and give you some tips so uh, if you have any ideas about what we've talked about we'll be happy to put them up on our website and our website is uh, fitwithb.com slash to fit and that may be changing very soon but for now that's what it is um, again you can find us on Facebook if you haven't friended us on Facebook we'd love to uh, have you friend us so that we could send you to 
you know, we don't send a ton of updates, but we send updates as to what our topics are going to be and that sort of thing. Um, and it's just facebook.com slash fit with B, I believe is uh, the Facebook address. And again, you can email us at twofit at fitwithb.com or Sarah at fitwithb.com. So uh, Sarah, do you have an article for us this week? Yeah, I have something that actually follows along quite well with what we've been talking about. Um, there was an article earlier this week on, um, what's this? MSNBC, um, that basically was talking about, they did a study, um, with children between the ages of three and eight. And what they did was they, they broke them up into two groups and they showed them commercials. They showed them cartoons and in between the cartoons, they showed them commercials of French fries in one group. And then they, at the end of the cartoons, they, they took them out and said, okay, here's, here's a coupon. You can have a coupon for fries or for apple slices and to pick whichever one you want. And one group had their parents were giving them encouraging messages in terms of pick the, try to pick what's the healthiest option. Then the other group had neutral. And so their parents just said, pick whatever you want. And, um, so the article is basically saying that the way it came out was that um, 55% of the kids uh, still picked French fries, even when their parents were giving them the encouraging message, pick the healthiest option. So the article was kind of saying, well, it just illustrates how much influence these ads have which is what we were talking about earlier in the show about watching tv while you're eating and they're showing all the the ads for for unhealthy foods so the article is very positive though in that it wants to say you know it's still you know the the percentage of people or the percentage of kids is like 71 percent of kids that picked the fries on the group that was neutral so you know 71 and 55 i mean it just shows that there is an influence there definitely and to keep that influence going and keep that positive message going which is what we've been talking about this whole time and so parents can't not you can't afford to be neutral on this stuff right. not anymore because there are so many influences that are that are bombarding your children if and very powerful influences. of course if they're Those... watching spongebob for an hour they're going to see you know 10 commercials for candy or for cereal or for whatever and right. you have to counter that influence with something positive and there, I mean, you know, the, the commercials, those marketers have been studying behavior for a long time. They know what they they're They know doing. exactly how to, to influence people to make them want. So I wouldn't say brainwashing, but it's almost a form of, you know, behavioral. Um, they know the triggers. So it's just, like you say, it goes to show that parents do have an influence and that they really need to to every day work on that and every day make sure and reinforce that. So, I mean, it was, it was a positive article. It just, you know, wanted to really point that out. So. And so that was on uh, msnbc.com? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll post that link uh, on our website. By the way, if, uh, if you were wondering how the website works, if you haven't been to it, again, it's uh, fitwithb.com slash the number two F-I-T. We've got all of our previous episodes archived there, and each episode has... Um, some notes with it, it's either an article that we've talked about or uh, something relating to the show, some question or something. Um, let's close with, do you have a recipe for us? I believe that we have a kid-friendly recipe, right? Yeah, I'm trying to get us something with Halloween, so. 
check out the website and you'll see what it is. All right. So <laughs> tomorrow, whenever I post uh, this episode, which will probably be in the next couple of days, Sarah will have a healthy Halloween recipe for your kids as well. So, all right. Well, I guess we're about to wrap this up again. Uh, you know, we, we throw out the little commercials throughout the broadcast, but we are looking to expand our audience a little bit and not only expand the audience, but we like you as uh, an audience member to have a say in what we talk about. So if you've got ideas for the show, please uh, write us. You could write us in three different ways. Well, you could write us on Facebook. You could write us from our website. You could also go on iTunes. And if you go on iTunes, just put in the number two FIT in the iTunes store and all our episodes will come up and then you can Rate them if you'd like. Give us five stars, which we'd appreciate. You could also subscribe so that iTunes will send you each episode each week. As soon as it's available, it'll download to your device. So it's a nice way to have that. But again, thank you for listening, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again, or not seeing you, but hearing from you. (laughs) We look forward to next week. Have a great one. And as always, we say, this is Brandon Walker. And I'm Sarah Hollyhead. Saying, get fit and be well.